Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we're back in our study of Revelation. Welcome back, everybody. We are in chapter 13 today. We're just looking at verse 1. McGee uh, does a lot of uh, teaching. I'll do my best to um, uh, to set the stage. Um, I think I'll just read the first verse, and then we'll talk about some of the things, some of the important things that we should get out of this um, verse, chapter 13, verse 1. I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. Well, what do we got here? You know, um, last time... We've got this unveiling of the ascended Christ in chapter 12. Um, we had uh, the announcement of, you know, Christ's uh, coming kingdom and this um, this picture of, you know, the persons here. McGee says you, you get into the action where you see the persons. You've got this. This pregnant woman, refer, referring to the nation Israel. You got this great red dragon, referring to Seth, uh, uh, Satan, with these seven heads, ten horns on its head, seven diadems, you know, waiting to devour the male child that the woman was going to deliver. Now that's Christ. Now the woman is the nation Israel. Christ was born out of the nation Israel. So you got <clears throat> you got the woman, you got Satan, you got the male child. But the, but the dragon didn't devour him because the male child was taken up to heaven. And then you've got Michael, the angel, um, Michael fighting this, this uh, cosmic battle. Um, and then a- after that, the great dragon was thrown down out of heaven. And... Um, that's that to me was you know I mean you know just tremendous chapter there tremendous vision and then you get this announcement of this loud voice in heaven basically announcing these four freedoms that we had in Christ and these three victories that we have in Christ and then this one 
um, response to what we have in Christ. The four freedoms in Christ are our salvation, our power, the kingdom and authority that we have in Christ, and then our victories in Christ, His blood, our testimony, and our love that we have in Christ allows us to be conquerors and victorious over this dragon. And the response is rejoicing, being rejoicing and um, the heavens and all who dwell in them. And woe to the earth because the, the, the dragon now is down on the earth. And so uh, when he sees that um, he's down there, he pursues the woman. But God gives her uh, these two great wings like an eagle so she could fly away from the serpent. McGee teaches taught that that was the grace of God that, that gives us that ability to um, overcome this dragon. And all his accusations and temptations. And then, the so the dragon gets really frustrated because he can't get the woman, you know. And then he makes a war on the rest of her offspring. And as McGee says, those are the, uh, the, the remnant of the nation Israel, of the woman. Um, the 144,000. And uh, as he says, from the brickyards of Egypt to the 144,000 of the great tribulation that were sealed by God, that's what the dragon is, is making war on. So we, we, in, in all of that context, now chapter 13 begins, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea. Now, this beast, um, you know, is... Um, sort of this analogy to, to, to Satan, again, a beast is coming out of the sea. Now, he teaches the sea is sort of like the nations of the world um, could be rising out of these nations, a beast with ten horns, seven heads, ten diadems on its horns, and blasphemous names on its head, uh, on its heads. And, uh, you know, this beast uh, is, you know, like this dragon uh, with the seven heads and the ten horns on its head and the seven diadems. I mean, that was very accurately described back in uh, chapter, you know, 12, our previous chapter, verse 3, this this uh, um, multi-headed dragon. So this beast now is down on the earth, got thrown out of heaven in chapter 12. Now this beast is rising up from the nations. So perhaps the, the beast, you know, frustrated, trying to chase the woman, the nation Israel, can't get her, goes after her offspring, these remnants, and now the beast is coming out of the sea itself, coming out of the nations, and this is how the beast now is perhaps going after these offspring. The beast now is sort of coming out of this, the nations all around the world, or around the world, coming out of these nations with the, the seven heads and diadems and crowns on its head, you know, perhaps referencing the multi-nationality or nationalities 
Um, you know, each nation has their own kings and authorities and stuff. So all, you know, this multi-headed dragon coming out from all the, the sea, all the nations around the earth. And blasphemous names on its heads. In other words, you know, a lot of things that are denying Christ. And um, so McGee's teaching that um, this we're going to see this Antichrist um, begin to, to take shape here. Somebody who is blaspheming Christ. And uh, now we see... Uh, references to the Antichrist, uh, even back in 1 John. Now, I'll, I'll reference a few of these. 1 John chapter 2, 22, the Antichrist is, is uh, a spirit that denies Christ. And then 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 3, any person, McGee points out, any person, a deity, or any group that denies Christ is an Antichrist is a spirit of the Antichrist. So John was talking about it even in his time that the spirit of Antichrist was there. So we kind of get used to thinking about uh, the Antichrist as a person, and we're going to see, I believe, the Antichrist as a person um, coming now in the book of Revelation. It's going to be revealed that the Antichrist is going to do that as a person. But we see even back in John's time that the spirit of the Antichrist was already in the world. And when you see people denying Christ, that's the Antichrist. And, you know, even in our time right now, right here today, you look around and you see people denying Christ. You did, you see them denying his power. You, you see them um, looking to I think to politics today, people are thinking they're going to get peace on earth through politics. They're going to be able to judge one another through politics. Um, Christ is the only judge. Christ is the only one who's going to bring peace on earth. You know, salvation is not going to come from political leaders. It's going to come from Christ. And so in that regard, you know, we are seeing the spirit spirit of Antichrist just all over the place right now. And we are sort of blind if we're not, you know, keeping our eyes focused on this and understanding that this the Antichrist is is sweeping through the world right now. And we've got to keep our eyes on Christ. And then um first John chapter one verse seven, uh John describes the Antichrist as a deceiver. You know, and again, people are so deceived even today with the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist, number one, denies Christ, but number two, deceives you. Well, what does it deceive you about? It deceives you. I think, you know, the big deception, the easy deception is is your own pride is okay, is important. You know, you're good enough. You know, what you want, you're entitled to. And, uh, you know, your money, your power, your prestige, you know, are important and you get to put in yourself first and you don't put Christ first or you actually deny Christ at all. You know, you've got so many people who are deceived thinking, you know, they'll call on Christ, but they won't put him first. You know, they'll say, oh, I believe in Christ, 
but they won't put him first. They won't honor Christ. And that's really being deceived, I think. There's so many ways to pervert God's word, you know, put a little twist on it, you know. God loves us, but I don't really need to do much about it, you know. And I think perhaps there's many Christians who are deceived or many, maybe pastors. McGee was talking about pastors and Christians and the church itself is really being deceived. And so uh, because they're not really honoring Christ, they're they're sort of putting, you know, the, the pastor's personality is really what's the church is revolving around or the finances or, you know, a lot of things like that are deceiving people about. They've got to put Christ first. They've got to be like those saints that they were talking about back in chapter 12, you know, because they had conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. That was verse 11, chapter 12. We've got to not love our life. We've got to love Christ more than who we are and what we are. Otherwise, we're being deceived. And then Jesus was even talking about this, this thing here. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, Jesus talked of the false Christ. He said, he was warning them. He goes, many are going to come in my name. There are going to be many false Christs and false prophets. They'll come in my name. And you got to test these spirits. These false Christs are claiming. They're deceiving these are like many antichrists. There are many deceivers, many false prophets. And so this this spirit of the antichrist is you know been referenced a lot. Um, and also the this antichrist is a person we're gonna see. So right now what we're developing, what we're seeing is this beast rising out of the sea with these ten horses. It's like this dragon's taking on this personification of now it's sort of coming out out of the nations and it might be the politics of these nations you know the the it leads a lot of people astray thinking you know this spirit of being deceived that we're going to accomplish a lot of good through our politics and our military actions and our rules and our regulations and so um this this beast, this final beast, it even goes back to the book of Daniel. Now, McGee talked about Daniel, and so we're going back to Daniel chapter 7. And Daniel chapter 7 starts off with, um, I believe, Daniel had a vision um, in the uh, chapter 1. He saw a dream, visions in his head as he laid on his bed, and he wrote down the dream. And um, and basically, he had this dream of these four beasts, and they these four beasts kind of um, were representative of these kingdoms. Babylon was a lion, uh, and then Medo Persia was a bear. <clears throat> and so, in other words, they kind of these beasts were coming in succession down in history. So Babylon fell, and then Medo Persia, of course, they conquered Babylon. That was like the bear. 
And then the bear was attacked by the leopard, and that was Greece. That was like Alexander the Great, because this leopard was faster, had four heads. And, um, and in other words, Alexander the Great had a lot faster army, and its four heads after he died. We had four divisions of the kingdom after his death. <clears throat> and then you had this other beast. <clears throat> it had ten horns, ten toes. It's almost like the beast that is being described in Revelation chapter 13. This this ten-horned um, uh, beast and seven heads that we're seeing in chapter 12 and 13. It was described <clears throat> as prophesied uh, in Daniel as perhaps Rome because Rome was what Daniel was seeing, and it had ten horns and iron teeth. It was very strong, so it was uh, it crushed uh, the leopard. It crushed the, the the that third animal, and then it had uh, one of its horns was a little horn, and this little horn will make war on the saints and prevail over the other horns until the Ancient of Days, that's God, sits in judgment and restores his everlasting kingdom. So that little horn is referenced in Daniel, and we're going to see this horn, one of these horns, I believe, is this reference to the little horn being the Antichrist. Now, some some interpretations identify it as a king uh, being the little, the little horn, but but many, uh, including McGee, are, are saying that, that Daniel um, corresponds to what we're seeing uh, in the beast here in Revelation, and that little horn is just one of those ten horns. Uh, that is, you know, many nations... Uh, this dragon is coming out of the sea, coming out of the sea of nations, and one of those little horns is going to make war on the others until the Ancient of Days puts that little horn down, till God actually puts Satan down, till God actually puts that Antichrist down. And perhaps that little horn is going to be a person now, so that the spirit of the Antichrist is is sort of one, but now we're going to see the person of the Antichrist come about into a person. It's almost like a, a perversion of, of Christ itself because Jesus Christ has the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and we have the person of Jesus Christ. So uh, in, in very similar fashion, we have the Spirit of the Antichrist. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the unholy Spirit, okay? And then we have the person of of the Antichrist, just like Christ, except it's not holy person, it's an unholy person. So we, you know, I'm just reading this, I see some parallels here um, between the spirit and the person of the Antichrist and the spirit in the person of Christ. So we're going to stop here, chapter 13, verse 1, and then we'll continue tomorrow as we, as we continue the study of Revelation. But, you know, it's it just is teaching us i think every day more and more we've got to keep our hearts centered on christ we've got to keep our eyes centered on christ because the spirit of antichrist is alive and well all over the earth just you know it is waging war just like the holy spirit is alive and well and it is boosting us up 
Um, so for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today we begin our study in Revelation 13. And we are going to touch and look at you know, the introduction of what's in chapter 13 of Revelation. So we have introduced to us here the last two personages of the seven that were introduced to us by the seven trumpets in chapter 12. So we were introduced to seven of them. So the first was the woman, and the woman represents Israel. The second is the dragon, which represents Satan. The third is the child of the woman, uh, who is a representation of Christ. And then the fourth is Michael, the archangel. The fifth is the remnant that is the hundred and forty four thousand that were sealed of that was sealed of God and are gonna make it through the Great Tribulation period. So here the great warfare going on between light and darkness is introduced to us and that's you know the warfare between God and Satan. So the last two performers are introduced to us in this chapter and this is the wild beast out of the sea um that's both a political uh power and a person so we have this from verses 1 to verse 10 then from verse 11 to verse 18 we have the wild beast out of the earth and his the religious leader so these two beasts are presented to us as wild beasts um, you know, it's one thing to be a beast, but to be a wild beast. Um, so there is a lot of, you know, disagreements amongst reputable Bible expositors as to the identity of the beast. So some consider the first beast as a person. Others treat him as the last form of the Roman Empire. Some treat the second beast as the man of sin. Others consider him as the prophet or the you know, John the Baptist type for the first beast. Okay, so these views arise because it's difficult to separate a king from his kingdom. You know, a dictator must have, um, uh, you know, a nation over which he rules. You know, one cannot be a dictator without a kingdom or a nation. So although difficult to actually distinguish, but it looks like the first beast is the Antichrist, the ruler over the restored Roman Empire. And we'll see this in chapter 6, verse 10, that it's actually, um, sorry, chapter 16, verse 10, that it's actually um, a kingdom. So... Um, chapter 16 verse 10 reads then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast so here we have a throne so it means someone has to sit on the throne so the throne of the wild beast so from this there is um, somebody to actually sit on the throne and that is the beast here with the empire so the identity of the second beast is a man a false prophet a religious leader who leads in the worship of the first beast and he is also antichrist so antichrist has two usages 
and you know both of which we see in scripture so anti um meaning over against so anti instead it can also mean um of or in place of and both meanings um are in scripture so one is against and the other is instead of in replacement of so john in his first and second epistle mentions the antichrist and is the only one that uses that designation so antichrist is both the one that denies christ the deity of christ and it and the one that imitates christ so if we look at first john chapter 2 verse 18 it reads little children it is the last hour okay this was like 1900 years ago and that it's been the last hour for a long time as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour okay so here we have seen in the last you know we have actually been in like i said we have been in the last days for a long time for a while now um so which actually shows um you know the grace and patience and mercy of god because god does not want anybody to god wants everyone to be saved god does not want people to go unsaved he wants to give people the opportunity the chance so john is saying that already in his day there were many antichrists so he didn't just say there was coming an antichrist so there was many so what identifies an antichrist um we have in john first john 2 chapter 22 which reads who is a liar but he who denies that jesus is the christ he is antichrist who denies the father and the son so antichrist denies the deity of christ and he is against christ so the enemy of christ on this earth uh, the enemy of god's people so we are to test the spirit as scripture says if it is of god and not to believe that every spirit is of god so any person group or book that denies the deity of christ is antichrist and if we look at um the second john 7 it reads for many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess jesus christ as coming in the flesh this is a deceiver and an antichrist so antichrist is a deceiver he actually pretends to be christ <clears throat> so the lord jesus christ said there will be many that will come in his name and we ought to actually test them because every spirit is not of god so now we get into um our study and now we'll read verse one and two which reads then i stood um in other manuscripts it actually says he stood on the sand of the sea so we'll go with dr david mcgee's manuscript that says then he stood on the sand of the sea so he here is who we've been talking about in the previous chapters 
and this is Satan. So then he stood on the sands of the sea. So the dragon Satan stood on the sand of the sea. So Satan brings um, the wild beast out of the sea. So it reads, and I, then he stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast arising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. So um, Satan, you know, he brings a wild beast out of the sea. So the sea in scripture is a picture of nations of the world. Mankind, like the restless, you know, as the saying goes, mankind as the restless sea. So the dragon stands on the sand of the sea, and it is he who brings the wild beast out of the sea and dominates it. So his person, he's a person who's who actually heads up the old Roman Empire. So Rome was never defeated as we said before in our studies in the book of Daniel, I remember, it just fell apart because of the rot, the, the bad governance and all. And this is the only one here. This um, uh, this, um, this beast that stood, the dragon that's actually stood, Satan, his own who can actually bring it back together again. So God will take his hand off this earth for a short while and, you know, turn it over to Satan. It's more of poetic justice. So God must let Satan demonstrate that when he uh, gives him full access um, and his way, he won't actually be able to produce. That is, Satan will always say to God when he's like fire that um, God never gave him a chance. So God will give Satan his chance to try. So um, verse 2 actually reads, let me just read, Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his and great authority. So the wild beast is similar to the fourth non-descriptive beast that we had in when we were studying the book of Daniel, that's Daniel 7. So it represents the prophetic history of the Roman Empire down to the little horn and his destruction. So in uh, the prophecy of Daniel, we had you know, a beast with seven heads and one head had a little horn and this little horn produced three other horns that dominated the other, um, the other horns. And, um, you know, at the time of um, the writing of John, so much of the prophecy of Daniel had actually been fulfilled because John was living in the time of the Roman Empire um, when there was Domitian and John had been exiled to the um, island of Patmos. So, and, you know, the rot had begun to settle in, you know, the weaknesses of the Roman Empire were beginning to, you know, to be seen. So the first three beasts... Um, that we had for Babylon, that's the lion, Media, Persia, that's the bear, Graco Macedonia, the panther. And when given by Daniel, then it was prophecy, and in John's day, it was fulfilled. 
but then you have given was filled and john here focuses more on the last beast and on the on the little horn um because this has not yet been fulfilled so the emphasis is still on the little horn of daniel 7. so the little horn is set before us as a wild beast he's now ruling and controlling the roman empire that is during the great tribulation period in this prophecy so the little horn and the wild beast are identical so the wild beast is the man of sin and the antichrist the final world dictator the little horn comes to power by putting down three of these rulers and dominates the other seven and from that he becomes the world dictator so the seven heads are um you know kings and are not easily identified and um you know the kingdom of the beast would be the seven which is yet to come so all seven heads are generally oh sorry are guilty of blasphemy so blasphemy here manifests itself in two ways the first is making oneself equal with god and this we saw with the roman emperors you know they made themselves you know they introduced emperor worship and then uh, the second way is slandering and taking god's name in vain and the pharisees qualify for this so the beast is actually guilty of both of making oneself equal with god and slandering and taking god's name in vain okay so this is actually a great study um if you study the book of daniel it's way easier to understand and we did the book of daniel a while back and um it's well explained and you know um very important and you know for the sake of um you know uh, to remember um it's best to actually go back to the book of daniel but it's a great study and it's 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 um it's great to actually see how things are actually moving how the set stage is being set for the fulfillment of these prophecies that were given you know over 1900 years ago so thank you all for listening in god bless you and have a pleasant day bye-bye